Welcome to The Data Economy, a podcast about leaders like you who use data to drive business growth and accelerate digital innovation. I'm your host, Michael Krigsman. In this podcast, technology leaders offer practical advice and a firsthand look into modern data strategies and their digital initiatives. You can watch all the episodes on redis.com slash the data economy. We're speaking with Satyan Parameswaran. He is the president of information technology at UPS. Satyan, welcome. How are you today? Uh, Michael, uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's great to see you again. Satya, we all know what UPS does, but give us a sense of the scale at which UPS operates. UPS. We operate on a really large global scale. What I mean by that is we operate in 220 countries and territories. Either we are there directly or through our partners. And that's a lot. We, on a normal day, deliver 26 million packages and documents. If you just multiply that, last year alone, we handled and delivered uh, six billion parcels and documents, and uh, the the technology and the workforce and the logistics that is needed to make sure that every one of them is uh, handled as if that's the only package or parcel to put a smile on our customers is our pride and our responsibility. It's an enormous scale. How does data support your operations? So. The fundamental principle of a logistics is making sure right things, right resources, right effort happens and brought together at the right time. So it's a very nice, complex, but efficiently choreographed dance. For that, we need a technology. And technology is not just there to bring things together. You need to know what's going to happen at what time, what resources are available at what time, and how many of those resources are available at what time, when things are going to happen. So collecting data about the events and making sure that you bring them together and provide a a relevant context to that data and then making use of it is the act of using data for running the logistics network. And that's where our capabilities of using modern state-of-the-art data analytics-driven methods and platforms is of tremendous help to us. What kind of data do you collect? We love data. (laughs) If you are in logistics business, uh, we just love data of any kind. We love data about the customers, like uh, Michael, uh, how many packages he has shipped in the past, what kind of packages he has shipped, where did he ship, and what kind of packages Michael has received, who is sending those packages to Michael, and does Michael have any preferences in receiving those packages? Does he always want them to be left at the front door or uh, at his neighbor or uh, leave it at an access point so that uh, he could pick it up on his way back home? That's on the customer side, all about the customers. Then coming into the UPS network, when the package comes in, when did it come in? Where did it come in? 
how heavy it is how uh, voluminous it is like because it occupies a shelf space and where it is supposed to go uh, when it is supposed to go and what time so all about customers their preferences and the packages they trusted ups to handle we collect that data and since i said we handled 6 billion packages and documents last year each and every package and document would have emanated a digital signal and the customers who received them also provided so intricate signals to ups on when they are going to ship when they are going to receive and what they want and all that data is used for managing the network that's the kind of data i'm talking about and we have been doing this for 117 years of course 30 40 years back the things were done very differently but we collect data and we make use of data to make sure that we do not disappoint our customers so it's a combination of real time or near real time data together with static data such as customer preferences for example absolutely uh, a near real time um, pseudo real time and uh, passive time and it's all temporal in nature because uh, the package when it uh, goes through the network after it gets inducted many times it may stay there for a day sometimes for a couple of days depending on the service sometimes you might print a shipping label but you might give the package to us maybe tomorrow or day after tomorrow or whenever you have time so the different data has a different context to us and for logistics time is of essence so having the data and having a relevant context with respect to the time sensitive nature of the data is of extreme value to us you built a set of tools and a platform to handle to collect to manage this data would you tell us about that i would be delighted to Uh, it's called heat we love our acronyms like uh, every other large corporation we love our acronyms heat stands for harmonized enterprise analytical tool and uh, what it does is it collects billion data points every single day from the customers who provided uh, a hey, uh, this is what i want to ship from the customers who say this is where i want to receive and when the packages go through our network the scans the sortation equipment industrial automation equipment our package cars our service providers our trailers every one of them including our aircrafts the containers we move every one of them emit digital signals we collect that data and process it through our heat platform heat platform is a representation of digital twin of our physical network why do we have to have a digital network to make decisions and to know what's happening where yeah you can always run few reports and the report might give you your partial picture but having a living breathing digital twin will help you to exactly know what's happening to the network also much more importantly it's a single source of the truth when you have the digital twin this is not like four or five people are looking at the elephant from different angles and say hey elephant looks like a tail elephant looks like a pillar no this is a single source of the truth where all the decisions could be made with relevant and near real time data so heat is the platform a proprietary advanced analytics and machine learning based mechanism we built to handle 
all the data that is coming from our operations to be managed and uh, processed so that we can have a digital twin. So Heat is the digital twin? Heat is the platform that is the digital twin that helps us to make decisions. Yes. I always think of a digital twin as representing a physical object, a digital twin of an airplane or an airplane engine, Mm -hmm. for example. In this case, your digital twin is representing the dynamics of packages moving through your system, through your network. So that's quite fascinating. Yes, uh, this actually represents a physical world. What I mean by that is, We have 2,000 facilities across the globe, give or take like 2010, 2020. Those facilities, they all process packages. They receive packages, they sort packages. Some of them are internodal hubs. Some of them are destination package centers. And they all have a temporal attribute. Are they doing a, a late evening sort? Are they doing a morning preload? Are they doing an intraday start? So they all have different sets of contextual meaning to their operations. They all all play back the data. So if you step back and look at it, this digital twin will show you these are all the 2000 plus facilities. And this is what it is doing now. This is what it is expected to do like maybe eight hours later or 24 hours later. And based on the inflow of packages and the inflow of expectations, This is how it's going to behave in the future. So it is like a living, breathing representation of our physical network. Does it make sense, Michael? Yes, it does. Then I assume you're doing predictive analytics over the next period of time, whether it's minutes, hours, potentially even days in some cases. Heat platform uh, does one thing very well it provides the ability to forecast what is going to happen in a given node. Meaning, hey, uh, this hub, be prepared to handle 47,000 packages on, um, say, today is Monday, uh, Wednesday evening. So the, the central manager, he or she can plan how many resources will I need to sort those packages. And this, these kind of uh, projections uh, keep evolving as we get closer and closer. Uh, today, I might say, uh, you may do somewhere between 45,000 to 47,000. Tomorrow, as we get closer and closer, as physical things materialize, we may come and refine that to a very high accuracy. So we help the individual operators to run their network and plan their network in a much, much better fashion. Uh, going back to the point, we have to deploy resources at the right time so that the network can be managed properly. Heat is the one that helps us to do that. How do you use that data, meaning how do you transmit the results or give the results or the guidance to the operators in your various facilities around the world? That's a great question, Michael. That's a great question. Because uh, many times people may have a misconception that the digital twin lives in a very uh, tall building and then uh, it is doing all the magic by itself. No. Here at UPS we use technology to marry the digital and physical world. To have a digital twin to be of a meaningful and useful help to the operators, you have to go back and look at what do these operators do every day? 
because this tool should be embedded into their work process so if you are a preloader dispatch supervisor you come and you are given the forecast so that you can plan that's how it is used it is not sitting behind the scene hey this is going to happen so we had to go and modify our operational processes to make sure that the digital twin is seriously assisting them to run the network in what form do they get this information do you give them a, a pdf do they have their own dashboards do you send them a report how does it actually work in that sense this is going to be a, a classical uh, it guys answer all of the above we do have very uh, eye catchy dashboards with uh, starting with the map of the us and then where you can go drill down where are the hot spots and then go look at it and some of the work dispatches uh, need certain reports on the data dumps to be provided so that you can dispatch so uh, depending on how the work is enabled uh, we provide multiple ways for the digital twin to interact with the operators so we have dashboards we have visual representations we have reports we have automatic data feeds all of the above is the answer so you try to give the data to the recipients which are people inside operators inside the ups network and whatever form will make it easier for them to consume and make practical use of that material let me give you a different kind of answer because i do not want to undermine what we do the digital twin just won't give data so that it could be left up to the interpretation of the individual we don't take that chance because human brain is so precious so it can make a lot of decisions on the fly but it it is also driven and influenced by emotions so the heat platform in addition to giving them high quality data it also provides a prescriptive action that could be taken so it it goes and there are occasions where we actually can tell hey there will be like a 17 to 20 yearly am packages coming your way tomorrow morning because these are the packages that needed to be delivered well before the normal business day starts so staffing that for is an utmost of importance so in those cases the forecast heat platform offers is a directly plugged into the work planning system in some other cases it would say you know what you are going to dispatch 400 drivers today if you are dispatching 400 drivers if you are off by 100 or 200 packages it really doesn't matter because they can be scattered all over the place so we provide the data and the recommendation so sometimes it's prescriptive sometimes it is high quality data sometimes it will act on it directly this makes sense yes and i'm glad you explain that so it's not just static data reports but it's actually recommended actions yeah. to take interpreting that data uh, absolutely right absolutely right and to gain confidence that these recommendations are valid you have to prove that it is good and the, the accuracy we are talking about is not in the low ranges of 70 or 80% no we are giving like a mid 90s and high 90 percentage accurate forecast but as usual uh, any time you start uh, it will be difficult for them to wow is this really right but over the period of time we have uh, 
made sure that these are good and we just to take care of it. That's a, a uh, hugely high level of accuracy. It is a very high level of accuracy, but we are always constructively dissatisfied. Okay. See, at a macro level, yeah, I can predict that the center that services uh, the packages you receive in Boston, say it handles 8,000 packages. At the macro level, uh, it might look uh, mid-90s, higher 90s might be good enough. But when you break it down, there might be volume swing. There might be a section or territory where it might be kind of low in volume and some other territories might be all of a sudden have to handle like a surge volume. So we are always on the lookout to go drill at the macro and the micro level accuracy improvements. It is a, it is a journey. It will be a never ending journey. What's the, the volume of data that you're working with? It must be enormous. Let me give some simple math in a very different way. On a normal day, we handle like 26 million deliveries. These packages uh, gone through our network, a small portion of them for one day, some of them are for two days, some of them are three days. So on any given moment, like uh, the network keeps uh, processing the packages. So uh, we typically say uh, we might handle like 50, 60 million packages in the network every day because some just got in, some are leaving, some are in transit. And with all the industrial automation and all the customer expectations and all the directives, because you may just uh, realize that you are not going to be at home tomorrow. You may put in a request, hey, hold the package. I will call or redirect the package. So we receive all those things. So we are handling close to billion events a day. So billion events help us to manage the network better. Now, let me take one step further. Like, why do we do this? We are a service industry. We are known for only one thing, delivering packages. And our reliability is always the one that speaks for us. With our new motto, we need not be bigger, but we have to be better because we we are going through the investment cycles and all. Right now, our CEO, Carol Tomei, has made it very clear that we have to be better better at providing the service, better reliability, and most importantly, how to contain the cost. Because we are a company, we have to make profit to survive. So being better means without compromising the quality of the service, how do we improve the shareholder value? So this is where Heat Platform comes in. It helps us to manage the network, which is the living, breathing thing that helps us to move the packages to be delivered so that we do not disappoint the customers and do not disappoint our investors. This is where heat comes into picture. Satyan, you've kind of alluded to this, but can you be a little more explicit in terms of how does the heat platform allow you to provide a better customer experience while at the same time increasing efficiency, which is to say, reducing time and reducing cost? That's a great question. Like I mentioned, when you have 2,000 facilities across the globe and we run integrated network, in some senses, it's like a hub and spoke system. And if you visualize, some people might look at it like a fishnet. You need to make sure that every node, every touch point is running fine. 
otherwise the network will lose its integrity and efficiency so the art of heat platform is making sure that we can react much much better and quicker so that the network keeps running uh, i'll give an example say you have a weather event texas had a, a really a, a unseasonal high volume of uh, winter storms this february several infrastructure uh, capabilities were compromised we couldn't move but if our network has packages flowing through parts of texas we cannot tell our customers that uh, hey your package is going from atlanta to say uh, san francisco but because there is a weather incident in texas uh, we are going to be affected that's unacceptable so heat platform when it looks at how packages flow through it helps us to react quickly so that we can avoid uh, compromised spots because we live in the physical world there are so many things that will affect the physical world whether it is weather whether it is floods or even somebody uh, digging up a hole can cut the fiber line the communications could be cut uh, there could be power outages so lot of things affect us heat helps us to react better the moment we have a better handle on the way network can be managed it drives customer expectations to a different level because they know ups has the skill and the scale to move the packages through the network coping up with all the challenges that can be thrown at us and the heat platform then incorporates potential issues such as weather or supply chain bottlenecks or uh, airplane or shipping disruptions heat is managing on a day to day basis the internal aspects and eminence some of the things you mentioned like the supply chain disruptions they are all the input so if we anticipate oh we are expecting 8000 packages at a junction point if it doesn't happen we will know and we will react to that Uh, because we would have had a, a forecast for how much incoming volume is expected to that node when it doesn't happen we have the ability to react airplanes are part of our network so they are already embedded and we exactly know when the flights are supposed to take off when they are going to be unloaded when they are going to be reloaded that is part of our network so uh, heat is the very integral part of how we manage our network I see. So all of these potential disruptions are inputs into the heat system and then presumably you've got such a large body of data that you can look back historically and then do predictive analytics based on the combination of historical data and the real-time data about the situation as it is right now. Absolutely. I will not uh, shy away from expressing the complexity. One of the most complex thing to do is pick up volume forecast because we are dealing with customer behavior uh, it could be uh, influenced by so many things so our uh, philosophy is yes we have the historical data we we have seen this type of behavior and we are uh, expecting some volume to come to us but the beauty of managing the network is how quickly we can recognize that whatever we expected is not actually happening and how do we cope up with that so when you bring these two things together that's where you get the smart digital network that's why heat is coming very very handily to ups i have to ask what are some of the technology challenges 
that come into play when you try to build a platform like this? A couple of things. Uh, we are dealing with uh, lots of data. So whatever platform uh, you are going to build, uh, it uh, needs to have the capability to absorb, process lots of data and scale up quickly and scale down. So that's one part, a very uh, highly elastic, uh, scalable platform, because like any other project, you don't start uh, building a project like a heat on a really large scale on day one. You start small, you take a couple of centers, and then you create models, and then you, you slowly elaborate. So the scalable platform is of number one priority. So for that, we went with cloud. So heat is uh, hosted in cloud. The second the significant part of it, uh, which I would uh, say uh, anybody venturing into building these kind of solutions should be extremely careful and cautious is data quality. Make no mistake, tons and tons of data does not mean that you have high quality data. <laughs> the quality of a data is a, a very, very contextual thing. Uh, you may think that you have high quality data, but when you are trying to get to the mid 90s, higher 90s level of accuracy, the data quality and the meaning of the data is extremely important. When you have systems that are built over several decades and then you are running a large network, different data that comes to you will definitely have different quality. If you merge every one of them together, the act of making sure that the data is relevant and you can make some interpretable and the meaning out of that is a huge challenge. Some of the earlier things we went through are understanding the data quality differences and temporal nature across several sources. Satyan, we've been talking about the technology and the types and the composition of your data. Can we shift gears slightly and discuss the nature of the team that's required to build this kind of platform? So can you tell us about the, the types of roles that you have and uh, the composition of your internal team? Michael, that's a great question because many times when uh, people ask me about how did you guys build heat, many of them uh, expect, oh, we have a high quality technology team that uh, does everything. That will be a, a, a great mistake if the team is made up of only the technologist. Since we are trying to create a digital twin, which has to mirror and reflect the reality, the process folks, who are the process engineers who help to manage and define the network are integral parts of the team. When we started, we didn't jump into technology headfirst. We started with the process. Hey, let us define what's the process that helps the package to get accepted, inducted, sorted, scanned, transported to the network, and then loaded and then delivered. What happens? How do we manage? So we map the process first. Then we attached, if this is the process, what are all the things that are actually emitting digital signals at what point and what's the quality? If you bring them together, what would we see? Then go back and build the system. So our team is made up of process engineers, developers, and modelers, data modelers. So it, that combination is the one that made us 
and helped us tremendously to create a product that will actually work. Otherwise, it will look like a science project. If you don't involve the process folks who actually know the physicality, it will be a science project. So this ensures that there's very, very close alignment between what the business needs to ensure that customer happiness, ensure that packages flow properly through the system, reduce costs, to align all of that, those business goals, with the digital twin so that they work together. Absolutely. So process people, developers, the guys who can manage large amounts of data and the data scientists who can create models. It's a multidisciplinary team to create a, a, a twin that will help the business. Are there particular challenges associated with real-time data since you're working with so much of it? Anytime you want to handle near real-time data, it is always challenging. The reason is that you might very fast lose the context of what the data is trying to tell you if you are not capturing it and interpreting it quickly. So say we get a signal saying this package expected to be sorted in this facility and if not sorted in 30 minutes, it's going to miss. If you have a process that takes like 50 minutes to discover that, it's of no use, is that right? So dealing with the real-time data is always a, a race against a time on what's the context, how quickly we can process, and do we have a separate channels of process so that they don't stand behind in a queue with lesser contextual messages. So it involves with looking at the network on what's important and how important your particular message is. And does this focus on data, you're so data-centric, inform the culture at UPS in any way? Once again, uh, you keep asking great questions, okay? <laughs> if you ask me, we are an engineering company at heart. We are an engineering company that happens to have uh, package costs and service providers so that we can deliver packages. What I mean by that is, if you are a small package logistics provider, you need to have the engineering mindset to break down the act of delivering the package and break it down and measure every single thing so that you can go uh, improve, implement, measure, and track. So we are an engineering company at heart. So when you are an engineering company, every single method you develop will have a mechanism to count. This is what is supposed to happen. Did this actually happen? If it didn't happen, what should be the course of action? So we always get into that mindset. So when we start initiatives, when we go into what are all the things we need to do to manage a network, the fundamental genetic behavior comes out, which is we are an engineering company. It's so fascinating because, of course, from the customer standpoint, you're a package company. You know, we all know I'm on good terms with the UPS guy who, who delivers here where I live. And yet from an internal standpoint, you're an engineering organization. It's really fascinating. Absolutely. That's the beauty of uh, simplifying things, right? We don't have to disclose all the uh, complex choreography we do to deliver the package. Our UPS service providers are the best 
face of ups that interacts with uh, our customers you just can't beat it so they do what they do technology here at ups exists for only one reason to help them to do their job so that we want to be invisible we just want to hide all the complex things we do in the back so that it looks very simple our friendly uh, smiling ups driver shows up he either picks up the package or delivers the package he just makes couple of interactions with you then move on we just want to hide all the complex technology to the background Yeah, it's amazing. It really is uh, the level of complexity that you're dealing with. Satyan, as we finish up, what advice do you have for business leaders who want to work more effectively with the data inside their organization? A couple of things. Uh, anytime you are uh, starting a data-driven initiative, rest be assured that it is a journey. Uh, you may think that this is what you want to accomplish, yes you start many times uh, after you go through that might not be the most valuable thing you might discover you should always be open minded to explore the ancillary paths and stay course to reach the destination or follow the journey so that's one be open minded and there will always be lots of times where Uh, you would have gone through a very hopeful phase and then it will come crashing down uh, that is a typical symptom of realizing the data quality you have <laughs> you might have thought see everybody loves their baby my baby is the greatest baby but the data quality might not be as good as what we all thought so be prepared for contextual data quality and work very closely with the business because you come with a tool and if the tool is going to predict something 60% it's not useful to the organization you should work with the business to make sure that how to improve the decision quality using your data science related projects so that everybody can create a model they all know that it's going to work you should never have that doubt in mind oh am i wrong 40% that's not the place you want to be Great advice, very practical advice. And actually, I I need to ask you one final final question, which is this. UPS was involved in this massive effort to deliver vaccines. What's that been like? Okay, how much time do I have? Because I have a wonderful response for that. Yes, pandemic hit the world and uh, everybody was racing against uh, creating a vaccine. and once the vaccine was available uh, they needed a mechanism to deliver uh, very reliably while that race was on we were always uh, looking at uh, how to make sure that the healthcare related packages can flow through the network with extreme visibility so that we can control the flow and react if something happens with the flow we were working on several smart label driven packages where the label and the package itself will keep a self declaring hey this is where i am i just got sorted i just got moved without needing any human intervention we were working on that and then uh, we were ready and uh, this is a label okay this label was used and created by us when we were in the lab many of you might not have seen this label in this form but when we evolved the product when we scaled it up when we actually brought it to life this is how it looks this is the ups premier gold label every one of them is 
a battery embedded rfid label you put it on a package it starts emitting signals so we exactly know where the package is in our network so that we can act on it so the act of delivering vaccine was an effort that's been going on from a different point of view for us we didn't anticipate that the world would go through a covid related pandemic we were just getting prepared for healthcare products and that merchandise is of utmost importance to a lot of people how can we create a package with extreme visibility we were prepared it just happened we have the ability and technology to scale it up so we delivered vaccines to more than 100 countries with the 99.99% reliability why we were prepared and we just had the right technology that was available to work at scale so getting prepared and knowing how to run the network was of utmost uh, advantage to ups to do that feat when it comes to something like labels do you build different kinds of prototypes if i look back i think the first generation uh, smart labels were created by ups maybe in the early 90s it's a uh, 6 inches by 4 inches with the your maxi code Uh, it's a double bullied maxi code so it contains close to 90 to 150 bytes of data so you just scan it the package will tell where it is going because from the network point of view we are always pushing towards the target so we started with that and then there are multiple improvements on the smart labels how much data it can carry and now we are dealing with the world of really really smart labels the rfids which can declare and then it can ha- carry much more data and uh, very precise instructions that can be buried into the label so when when you scan them it can tell hey make sure that you get the signature from michael so that's where it's going so it's a, it it keeps evolving uh, with the nature of how much data can be carried on the label and uh, how it can self declare itself i love that self declaring labels mm-hmm. and on that note i a huge thank you to satyam parameswaran thank you for taking us behind the scenes at UPS. Thank you Michael. Uh, it was a great conversation and uh, uh, good to be here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As a reminder, you can watch all podcast episodes on redis.com/thedataeconomy. Check out redis.com/business for related executive content.